Have you ever wondered why people have so many guests on a regular Shabbos? Welcome to the Transformative Daf. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 27 of Chagiga, and we learned that our dining tables are the equivalent of the holy altar in the temple, and they affect atonement when we have the right guests at the table. Who are those right guests? Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with the story. King David had grown old, and it was clear that he was approaching his final days on earth. His son Adonijah decided to seize the moment and declared himself heir to the throne. Seeing what was happening, Nathan the prophet intervened swiftly. He called upon Bathsheba and instructed her to appear before the king and implore him to announce that his chosen successor was Solomon. The plan was carried out and the identity of the next king was made clear to all the people. Fearing for their lives, first Adonijahu and subsequently, upon the death of King David, Yoav, the army general, fled to the tabernacle in Givon and held fast to the corners of the holy altar. Their common destination was not coincidental. The altar was known as a safe haven for those seeking refuge, even from the law. As the Torah states, if a person deviously schemes against his fellow to kill him, and you, you shall take him even from my altar to put him to death. In other words, the altar provided temporary shelter for those who had committed a crime, the one exception being murder. In the case of the attempted royal coup, Adonijah was ultimately pardoned. Yoav, on the other hand, had blood on his hands. He was removed from the holy altar and sentenced to capital punishment for his crimes. Let's look at today's Gemara. The altar three cubits high and its length two cubits was of wood, and so its corners, its length, and its walls were also of wood. And he said to me, This is the table that is before the Lord. The verse in Ezekiel began with the word altar and ended with the word table. Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish both explain when the holy temple is standing, the altar atones for a person. Nowadays, a person's table atones for him. Says Rashi, one's table atones for him when he hosts guests. Let's analyze today's Gemara. Rabbi Shmuel Golden was once visited by a group of Korean evangelical ministers. At the conclusion of the synagogue tour, they turned him perplexed. Where's the altar? They asked him. In order to achieve atonement for sin, does the Bible not instruct the children of Israel to sacrifice to God upon an altar? Well, that was only in the Holy Temple, said Rabbi Golden. So how do you achieve atonement now? They asked him. Rabbi Yochanan and Lakish offer a powerful answer to this profound question. In the absence of the holy altar in the Beis HaMikdash, our dining tables atone for our sins. Well, how does that work exactly? Rabbi Goshen Henech line of Radzin suggests that while the holy altar affected immediate atonement, the atonement of your dining table is dependent upon how you use the energy of the food that you ingest. If you utilize your nourished and strengthened mind and body to serve heaven, then you've achieved the atonement offered by the table in your home. But Rashi really has a different solution. According to Rashi, the atonement takes place immediately. For immediate atonement, simply invite guests to break bread with you. Rabbi Yaakov Sakili clarifies that the ideal guests who bring atonement are needy visitors. In the Holy Temple, the blood was offered on the altar and the menorah was the source of light for the entire world. When you host needy people, it is considered as if you offered the blood and kindled the lights. Take note of his twofold description. 
Your table has the wherewithal to atone both for the service of the blood and the service of the lights. How so? There are materially needy people, but there are also spiritually and psychologically needy people. The materially needy require our physical sustenance. Their very blood depends on your kindness. And the spiritually and psychologically needy require the kindling of their souls. From a material standpoint, they may appear to be well off and not lacking for anything. Nevertheless, your dining table has so much more to offer than mere physical delicacies. For some, you are able to nourish them with the sustenance of Yiddishkeit, and there are others for whom simply sitting at your table in the company of nice people will itself provide nourishment. Maybe it's the young single man who sits behind you in shul. Maybe it's the older couple whose kids don't really keep in touch. Now that you know that you have a home altar, just make sure you're always approaching it with holiness. Are you washing your hands properly before partaking of the bread? Are you making the right blessings over the food? Are you benching every day of the week? Are words of Torah being discussed at the dinner table? And here's one tip. The transformative duff is a good daily discussion. It's tempting to read Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish's teaching and think, they've just come up with a comforting thought to help us through our long gollus, our long exile. But how could our tables actually be like the altar in the holy temple? The truth is, though, it was always the case. When we imagine sacrifices, we think of the Kohanim and the temple sprinkling the blood and offering up the animal to God. That was the case for many of the sacrifices, but not all of them. Think about the Pesach offering. Each year we would gather in the temple, slaughter our sacrifices, and then take them home to eat on our dining tables. In fact, it's been suggested that the smearing of the blood of the original Korban Pesach on the doorposts of our homes symbolized the sprinkling of the blood upon the altar that would later take place. Only in the case of the Passover sacrifice, the blood of atonement protected the home. If the altar of the Paschal Lamb is the table, then the Torah's message is that we're inviting God to dine with us at our table. What Rabbi Yochanan Reish have added is that nowadays, we don't need to wait till Pesach to invite Hashem to join us for dinner. He has a seat at the table, breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day of the year. In temple times, if you sinned, you had to travel for days to reach Jerusalem and offer sacrifice upon the holy altar. Nowadays, all you need to do is invite guests to your holy altar. May you achieve atonement every day of your life, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.